Today, today we're going to be speaking about a number of different things relating to liver, um, particularly how it's kosher. Um, we'll start with exactly actually how it's kosher. Um, all other meat is kosher, uh, as we know, <coughs> by salting it. Um, but the liver has so much blood in it that it's one of the organs that cannot be kosher through um, salting, and it needs to be kosher through broiling. Okay, and that broiling process, um, essentially, uh, we could set it up as having seven steps in order to do it. And the seven steps are as follows. We'll go through them quickly. Um, the first is, uh, it needs nicker. That is because um, the liver touches chayot in two parts. It touches the chayot like chayot, the uh, kidneys on, on top, and it touches the chayot shalak uh, so on the on the hemsis and basic chayot on the bottom. Um, and therefore, it also touches some things which are yonik min and therefore, there's lots of fats that need to be uh, cut away from the outside of the kidney before um, anything, before you could do malicha, uh, sorry, before you could broil, I'm sorry. Uh, and those are many of those, those two fats that I mentioned, are both also and derisa, um, so it's actually pretty serious to get them off. They should be taken off before you do malicha, before you kasher it. Um, and of course, um, that only applies, as we've seen in the past, that only applies to the fat of an animal, or the animal, a cow, sheep, or a goat, but it does not apply to chayas or like deer, and it does not apply to chicken, um, and therefore those don't, don't need any nikah at all. Okay, step number two um, is that the, in order to get the blood to drain out properly when you're going to broil it, um, you need to, uh, if you're cutting, cashing a whole liver, you need to make cuts in that liver. And the cuts is called the chassis air, two big cuts, you know, going to crisscross cut, across the, the, the liver, um, and uh, that helps the, that'll help the blood drain out, um, but, the, but the thing is that if, if the liver is cut into slices, or there's other, or some other cuts, uh, like if they made a cut in the liver itself when they cut up the gallbladder, the gallbladder is attached to the liver, so when they cut up the gallbladder, um, then you don't need to make these cuts either, and, and for that reason, in most cases, most consumers would never face this then, because most consumers never going to see a hole liver complete, but a butcher might, if he was cashing the whole liver, then he would need to make these slices, these chesser slices. Um, uh, if, <coughs> um, but again, if he did it in slices, he wouldn't, if he had ever been cut up, he wouldn't need to do that. Um, and the, and the, it also, uh, say, does not apply to chicken livers. Um, they're very small, and it does not apply to chicken livers. They can be cashed without, the minute is to cash them, even without cutting up. Okay, so number three is, um, you're supposed to rinse the liver um, before before the broiling happens, um, uh, but the it's okay if you didn't do that. But you're supposed to, you're supposed to rinse it. Number four is you have to put it onto a surface um, where the blood can drain out. And the reason is because if the blood were to collect, it would be sort of like being uh, salting meat in a cliche in a manuka, where the blood that blood that comes out is not kosher, uh, where the blood that comes out would be collecting and getting back reabsorbed into this piece or into the next piece, and therefore um, <coughs> you need to. Uh, do the put the liver into some kind of a surface into something that allows the blood to drain away. Um, so and at home, um, people would do this in what's called a grill basket, uh, which is basically a lot of wires with a lot of space in between them, and you could sandwich the the, the, the liver. In this case, a liver. Um, you, it's used for grilling. You sandwich the food in between the, the basket, but with two hands, they hold it together, um, and it's used for cushion livers. Um, so you put them on, it's like, a, it's like a wire rack, sort of. Um, some other people put it actually on racks. If they're doing commercially, they might do it on big racks. Um, some people even hang them when they're doing commercially. You know, they have a lot of them. They hang them from poles. Um, 
and all the idea for all of them is exactly the same. You want to get the liver exposed to the fire. We're going to see the fire in a second. You want the liver exposed to the fire, and you want the, the blood that drips out to be able to uh, drain out and not fall into other things. Um, <coughs> you could not capture liver in a pan, um, in a pan with that holes in it, in a, in a regular pan, because the point is if you're capturing it in the pan, the, the blood is going to just collect in it. Um, and therefore, for that, if the blood collects in it, then you're going to... Um, uh, that would make the, that would potentially make the liver trade itself. So um, we asked Rabbi Heinemann about what does he think about catching the George Foreman. George Foreman is built. Uh, the regular George Foremans are built on a on a slant uh, and specifically built to drain liquid away from the meat that's that's being uh, grilled. Um, so the question was, could you potentially use that to kosher liver in it? Um, he thought you could not, and the reason is because uh, although it has ridge, ridges in it. Um, the liver itself is, is very soft and pliable, and essentially the liver would end up covering, would mold itself to the, to the shape, and it would hold back the blood from draining out. And even for a piece of meat, the, the meat is, so to speak, solid enough that it lifts itself up and lets the liquid drain out from below, but the liver is softer, um, and it would end up basically closing up all the areas and not let the drain out. So he wasn't sure you could, he wasn't, he didn't think you should really do that. Uh, some of the George Romans have, instead of an uh, angled uh, uh, surface, they have ones with holes in them. If it has enough holes, then you're good. And that's, that's just like a, a, a something with holes in it, and you'd be allowed to cash onto that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when you put it onto this surface, um, if you, when, when the liver was cut, we mentioned before that the liver had to be cut. When in that cutting, you should have the cut facing down, so the against so the, the rhombuses of so the, the the blood will drain out. Okay. Then now we have our liver in its place in the in the uh, the, the, the grate that it's going to be captured in. Uh, and then we saw in the past that you're supposed to do a very light amount of salting to it. That I say we're not doing the salting that we usually do from Malicha, which is enough to, you know, like a lot of salting. But this is just a light amount of salting. Like it says how much you want to eat it with, just a slight amount of salt on it. And that salt can't stay on for too long. If the salt stays on for, for 18 minutes, which is the minimum shear from Malicha, then you potentially run into problems that will actually draw out blood. So the Ramah says that the meaning is, uh, you should put the salt, a drop of salt on when it's already holding on, it's on the spit and it's about to go into the fire um, before it has a chance to start drawing blood out of it. Um, and so that's what you do. Right, right when you're about to capture the livers, you pour a little, you put a little salt onto it. Uh, when they're about to go onto the fire, or when they're ready on the, just getting onto the fire. Um, and in that regard, uh, Rebelsky therefore told people that if they were going to be catching a lot of livers, they're going to catch them, you know, uh, Butcher is going to catch only 20 livers, and it takes time to get them all lined up in this net. They should either not put on the salt and be mavato on this meaning, or <coughs> wait till they're all on right, literally about to go into the fire before salting them. Because if you start salting them one at a time as you put them on, it's, it could end up that some of them will sit and salt for quite some time before you end up um, getting it over the fire. Okay, number six. Um, and this is the, the, so to speak, the, the, the clock. So what's going on here, which is you have to boil it. You boil it over. Uh, 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 open fire, um, and it, this doesn't work just for liver, this works for any meat, that's the truth, you don't have to do malicha, you could choose to boil it, any meat if you want to, um, and we'll talk in a second about later about how long it has to boil for, but the point is you put it over the fire, um, and it will uh, draw the blood out. Um, now, the, 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 there's a whole shayla in the achronim, before we get to that shayla, 
the boiling, which is done over a fire, or an electric coil, or Franklin says it looks like a fire, or on coals, person can things being captured over coals, those are all considered fire, and that's for sure fine. Uh, there's a uh, quite a discussion in Preston Piscatuva brings the beginning of it, uh, and more exactly true about it, about whether you can capture in a warm chamber um, that has no fire anymore. I mean, it was warmed up, it was heated up, the chamber was heated up, and now the fire was um, turned out, and now it's just warm in there, but there's no fire anymore. And the question um, that arises on carbon paste, I have all the different kinds of proofs as to whether it can or cannot done, and the accepted accepted is that you cannot do in that warm chamber. You need to cache it with a, uh, open some kind of a flame or a coil or something that qualifies as a fire. Um, and therefore, if you want to cache your liver, if you want to broil it, you could do that over a stovetop or a barbecue or in an oven or a toaster. Um, again, the oven and the toaster both have a, a, a fire or an electric coil in them. Um, you could do it in a smokehouse if there's an exposed flame in them. Uh, many smokehouses are not just smoking for smoking meat, they actually have a heating coil in them, and if that can, if that has that, then that's fine, you can cash in that also. Um, if there's no heating coil, then you couldn't do that. Um, <clears throat> or or in putting into an oven where the fire is off, you can't do it either. Um, and it's in Shemir Shab, as I mentioned, for whatever reason, it's there. It's in Shemir Shab, so you can't cash it in a microwave. There's no heat, no fire either, either. You can't put the, the, the liver into a microwave and use it as a way of cashing. Okay, now, um, in, in this in this discussion of where the fire is, um, Ralph Hankin says it makes no difference whether the fire is on top or on bottom. There was some who claimed that it makes a difference. He said there's no difference. Um, he says, and, and Time Wise says, and just a practical thing is that when you capture it, you should make sure the fire is not too strong, because if the fire is too strong, then what's going to happen, if it's too big of a flame, or the meat is, the, the liver is too close to the fire, what's going to happen is the outside will get burnt, and the inside will not get done at all. It won't get uh, the blood out of it also. It should be not so hot the fire. This way it could be evenly cooked. And the Ramah says that when you um, catch the livers, you should not be turning it all the time. When you, turn, you should let it sit on one side for a while before you flip it over. Um, because if you keep on turning it around and around like that, it would it could prevent the um, blood from draining out as well. Okay. And the last thing, the last part of catching the liver after we boiled it is <coughs> that we need to Rinse it three times. Uh, you have to rinse it three times. Um, sort of like when we do for malicha, you have to rinse it three times afterwards. Um, and <coughs> again, um, to do it to do three hadachas afterwards to the to liver. Okay, now, everything we said till now, and almost everything we're going to say today, applies just as much to liver as it does to any other meat that you'd be capturing through broiling. Um, okay, step number two, which is to do the crisscross cuts that you don't have to do for other meat, but basically everything we, we talked about, and lots that we're going to keep on talking about, have to do with all meat, and, and not just for liver. Just in practice, the, the, the thing that people capture tends to be, right, with fire, tends to be liver, and people don't tend to capture meat. Like, for example, we mentioned that people on a low-sodium diet might want to capture their meat that way, so you can capture other meat as well, as long as you follow the same um, rules that have capture. Okay, now, the next question is, how long do you have to boil it for? Um, <clears throat> you put it over the fire, and when you put it over the fire, you see you know, blood dripping out, you see it right away. Um, even, even though you rinsed it off and you got off the out surface blood, but there's plenty of blood that keeps on dripping out. So how long do you have to do it for? So the, the first time the Shokhanach brings it, it's at, at the end of Hilchus Malikla. At the end of Hilchus Malikla, it says, if you, can't, if you don't have salt and you want to get your meat, then you should cash it through broiling. And he says, you should do it, Shayazov, she also called Dhamma until all the blood drips out of it. Okay, not, not so clear exactly what that means. Um, the Ramah and the Shach 
say a bunch of times in the coming, in the next bunch of you want to talk about actually boiling it, they say it should be, it's considered tashas when you, when it's cooked halfway. When it's halfway cooked, um, that's good, that's enough to have gotten all the blood out of it. Okay, now the taz brings from Marshall, but there's a, that there's a machon, there's a shenim Okay, that the Ron says that the meat has, the, the, the liver has to go kamaycha ben chusoy, um, well, kamaycha ben chusoy, it's machon, it means a half or a third cooked. Here it's at the rice, so we're machon, and we say yes, it means, it, it means a half cooked. So one sheet is that it has to be kamaycha ben chusoy, that's the Ron, and the Rajma says that it has to be royal achil, the royal ben adam, that most people consider to be edible, which the way the taz is reading it, the simple reading is that that's, that's a different share. That's, most people won't eat things when they're half cooked, so that would have to be even more cooked. Okay, so the, the taz, the, the, the shach is saying that we follow the, the more kala shita, that it only has to be uh, half cooked, and the taz seems to lean towards the, the stricter shita, because it has to be, that it has to be uh, that most people would be ready to eat it. Uh, and the truth is, that the, the taz says it's very hard to judge some of these kind of things, so what you should do is you should broil it until it's dry on the outside. If it's dry on the outside, then you can be sure that it's been cooked, uh, that, that the blood has gotten out. Okay? Uh, and other people look at it by color, but that, that's hard to tell once it's on the fire, so he says, wait until it's dried out, and when it's nice and dried out, then that means that you've gotten all the blood out from the inside, and you're left eating. Now, the Bishesh brings these two days, that I just mentioned that the Taz says, um, the Bishesh brings both these days, <coughs> and Shulchan Aruch, in a later sermon in Ayn Vav, he says, you should broil the livers at Kedeshi Eroi Lachilo Leroi Benyagam, so most people could eat it, which was, sounds like what the Rajma said, that you have to do it uh, until, so the earlier sheet, which was Shiyazim Kaldami, all the blood drips out, it's not, it's a little, a little bit vague of what, what that means, uh, whether, which of those sheet is he holding like, but here he says, until most people eat it, that's like what the Rajma said, uh, seems like it. Um, and so it sounds like he's being machmir, that you have to cook it even more. But what's a little odd then is that the Ramah then says, is the Hainu, Ramah on that, Shofar says, that means, well, the Hainu sounds like, He's explaining it, right? That is to say, it's chatzit Well, aren't it two sheetas? Aren't it, isn't it one sheet that said it's chatzit and one says it has to be royal chila rebneyotam? So why is Ramah saying, dahainu chatzit So it turns out, it turns out that essentially this question, of course not from the Ramah, essentially this question was asked to the Beisheshev himself. In, in, in the Chuvah's Avkas Farachot, Chuvah's to the Beisheshev, the Shailas and Chuvah's of the Beisheshev. Someone asked him, he says, I know the Torah brings these two days, um, the Torah brings these two days um, that you should do chatzit them. So the question is, what's, which one should we follow? Between these days, what should we say about how long do you have to kasher uh, meat for? Um, how long do you have to kasher a piece of meat? Again, he's talking about meat, but first liver, how long do you have to kasher it for? Um, <coughs> Uh, he says, is it a, is it a machlikas? Is this a machlikas? That's one question. And second, in terms of the plea, assuming that there is a machlikas, so which one should we pass on? And to which the basis of answered, he said, it's, it's very possible that there's no machlikas here altogether, that the two, they both agree to the same thing, that chatzit is what's royal achil royal That's the same thing. Most people would be willing to eat it if it was chatzit not like we had said originally. This is it's very possible that there's no machlokes altogether. He says, but lachatchila, you should be choishish that it does seem like royal achil royal binyanim sounds not exactly chatitzlasi. So you should be machmer for that, and therefore uh, you should be machmer to to kasher the meat or the liver until it's um, until it's royal achil royal binyanim. Which he says is because of meal and yikushes of kodamim suvotar. Once most of the blood came out, the, the, the all the blood came out. 
then that's, that's good enough. Then you know you've done good enough. So from this, Shuvan Avkis Kirchner, we're finding out that uh, and is the way he describes a more mach mashita. I mean, he was he thought that maybe you don't have to do that far. Maybe you could do and this thing is the same thing. But in the truth, he's telling us that no, this is the this is this is you have to be machmer for the shita because can't say that this is art on the original shita. Okay, so now if we once we know that that's what the shochanor holds, now when we read the Ramah, we have a very different reading of what the Ramah. When the Ramah says it's not possible that he's describing what the Shulchan says. We know from Afghan Surah that's not what the Mahabra holds. The Mahabra holds it is not Khatitri He doesn't want you to stop at Khatitri He wants you to go even further. So the Ramah is explaining his way of reading it. He thinks that, that these two sheets agree with each other and therefore he's passing that Khatitri is good enough. So according to him, she uh she means excuse me, Khatitri but that's not really reflective of what the Shulchan himself holds. The Shulchan himself holds that those are not the same shir. You really have to put it even further in order for it to be considered um, done <coughs> and ready to eat. Okay. On to our next thing. That is, uh, we saw in the past um, that um, you're not allowed to do that if meat sits for three days without being kosher, then you can't do malicha anymore. It's no longer possible to do malicha, and the only way to allow the meat to be eaten to get the blood out is to do to broil it. Now, there's a machikas whether that din applies to liver, whether that that uh, din that you have to you have to do within three days. Well I, I take it back. The liver you for sure have to broil. But once you broil it, if, if it's set for three days and then you catch it through broiling, you're not allowed to cook it afterwards. Even though you broiled it, you got the blood out, you're only allowed to eat it as it is, you're not allowed to cook it afterwards. So it's a machikas whether that then applies to liver. I mean liver of course you're gonna broil it, but if the liver sat for three days and now you broiled it can you now cook it or fry it, as people make like um, um, chopped liver? Would you like to fry it, uh, egg, or liver with onions? Are you like to do that um, after you after you broiled it, if it was more than three days? And there's a, a, a secondary question, which is, which also we spoke about a little bit, which is, what happens if it had been frozen during those days? So maybe the three days doesn't count if it had been frozen. Uh, these are questions about all those things. Now, most of the time, if a person goes to the supermarket and buys liver, either raw liver that he's going to catch at home, we buys a ready cashered liver, liver that's already been cashered. In, in either of those cases, the person usually has no idea when the, when the liver was shechted or whether it was cashered within three days. If I walk into the store now and I buy a raw liver, um, I have no idea whether it was was it shechted yesterday, was it shechted a week ago. There's no way to tell. And if it, even if I buy a liver already cashered, <coughs> excuse me, I have no way of knowing whether they cashered within three days or not. Again, you could cash it through broiling with, after three days. Maybe even a light cashered after three days with the sheet to, to assume that you're allowed to cook it afterwards, because they hold you're allowed to. If I want to be more careful, I want to be mocked on this thing and say, no, I won't cook it if it was kosher after three days, then I would have to probe and ask questions to find out when was this liver, uh, when was it shafted, when was this animal shafted, and how uh, how soon afterwards was it kosher, or how soon afterwards was it my kosher. Okay, uh, now that's, that's one type of thing. There's actually, we spoke about one Hilchot Tolaim, Question about that, that it may uh, call it. Well, am I allowed to put out this liver um, to, uh, for people to buy, knowing that some people might go ahead and cook it afterwards? Um, it's a question about Piskachuva. Yeah, Piskachuva wants to say that, that since the evidence will be much anyhow, they cooked it, then maybe no Shasta call it. We spoke about this in Hilchus Now, another thing we spoke about <coughs> is that 
aside from the din that you have to kasher things within three days, there's another din, which is that, you, that l'chadchila, a person needs to do malicha within 72 hours. Okay, now we spoke about over there, but what happens if you soak the meat to help it last for more than three days, can you then do the niku afterwards also? But liver, no one's going to soak liver because you're going to be broiling it anyhow. So no one soaks the liver um, to extend three days. They just let it sit and they just broil it after the three days. So if you didn't soak the liver, and now this liver has been sitting for more than three days, then the rabbi says, it's only it's like you need to do the niko within three days. If you didn't, it's okay also. Uh, but it's just something else. That if the, the, the butcher gets the liver and he holds it for more than three days, excuse me, He's, being, he's, give, he's passing up on this that a person should do the niko to get all the fat off the liver um, that he's supposed to do within three days. So it's a okay. uh, There's something unusual about liver. Um, um, is that the liver, <coughs> there's a few things about this, but that the liver um, is not kosher. Uh, basically, it's from a kosher animal, and it's going to be kosher soon, but right now it's not kosher because it's full of blood. So while, while the liver is in that state, while it's raw, it's, it's not kosher, and if you cut it or poke it with a fork or cut it with a knife or this and that, then those were used, just used for something trafe. Uh, it was cold, but it was just used for something trafe, and they can't be used with kosher unless you do something to clean them properly before you can use it. Okay, now, even more significant is that what happens when we didn't start to broil the liver, now they have this, basically, trafe liver being broiled over the fire. Um, so now, the the... All the kalim that are being used, um, there's different days in the Mahabra, but we'll say is that the kalim that are being used for that are all becoming trafe from this liver. I mean, the grate, and the forks, and the knives, whatever you, the tongs, whatever you're using to, to deal with this liver while it's over the fire, those are all things that are becoming trafe from the blood that's coming out of this liver. Okay, so those um, need to be dedicated to be used only for cashewing livers. Those, those things, that, unless you cash them themselves, you cash them, meaning to make them kosher from the trade, but the, they, they can only be used for, for processing cashewing liver because basically they're being, they, they became trade. Now, the other, another thing is, the Shulchan Chosen says, is that the, the things that drip out of the liver, the blood that drips out, is even more clear that, that that's trafe. So if the, that drips out onto a pan or onto a stovetop or onto a counter, it's going to make those things trafe also. So if you want to catch the drippings that are coming out just for cleanliness, the thing that catches it needs to be, <coughs> excuse me, needs to be something uh, special for liver, and it's going to be not kosher. Or if, you, if you're doing it over your uh, stovetop, you need to cover everything with foil or something in order so that the, the blood that drips down doesn't make everything around it trafe. Uh, so this is just just managing the fact that you have this, so to speak, kosher liver, or it's going to be a kosher liver, and you take the kosher liver and you're cooking it in a kosher kitchen. Right now it's a kosher liver that has blood coming out of it cooking in your kosher kitchen. So you have to realize that you're making all kinds of things trafe, potentially making things trafe, by doing that in your kitchen, or you know, wherever you're doing it, <coughs> your barbecue, wherever you're doing it, and therefore you have to, those things are have to be only used for liver, or do things to avoid things becoming trafe. Now, all of that I just said, should bring up an obvious question, and that is, if the grates that we use for liver are not kosher because we just they absorb tap from the, from the blood, uh, let's let's use the grates as our example. Well, then how can you use those grates for the next liver? Aren't you going to make the next liver trafe? For that matter, this liver itself, why isn't the liver becoming trafe? Because it's on the grate. That's a trafe beer. I just told you you can't use that grate to 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 broil hamburgers over the barbecue. Okay, well then why am I allowed to put liver, kosher liver into it? Why is the liver becoming trafe also? So sort of like. How are you going to solve this problem? What are you going to do to cash the liver? Isn't it just going to come trafe again every time you put it into the thing, into the pan, <coughs> into the grate? 
So the answer is, there's a general rule, which is not specific to liver, just a general rule, which is, I need to turn While a piece of meat um, or is giving out its blood, if the blood is coming out of it, it will not absorb blood back into it. And therefore, uh, while the liver is being captured, while it's over the fire is being captured, you don't have to worry that it's going to be absorbed blood back in from the grate or the fork or whatever else you're using. And therefore, it's, it's safe, it's protected from absorbing any of those bleeds. Now, that, that leads us to another question, which is, okay, so we, while we're capturing the liver, we don't have to worry about blood being absorbed back into the liver. But it comes a point that the liver is finished being cooked. Okay, when the liver, let's say the, the process takes uh, five minutes. So after four minutes, it's really, it's, it's finished. I'm being careful, and I leave it on there for five minutes and make sure I got it really done. Well, after four minutes, now the liver is on this tray of, on this tray of grapes, and now it's not being percolating or should, should, should absorb at that point. It's, it's, so how, how do you get it off at exactly the right second when it's finished being percolated, before, before it can be percolated? So there's, there's different days about this. Machara <coughs> brings two days about it. He says the minigus you could be makel. Um, just to say, you assume that the, this is protection, so to speak, this agitary limit flood applies, as long as it stays over the fire, it's still protected, um, because other things are coming out, maybe it's not blood coming out anymore, other, it's here, so it's protected while it's still over the fire. The Ramah says, but with uh, you should be marked for the other shita. The way it, it seems like from the Shach, what he needs to say is, that the Lechadchila means is, take off the liver while it's still over the fire, um, because the, the protection, while it's over the fire, then that's more clear that it's being protected, even though the blood has all come out of it. So hopefully you should take it off the, take the liver off the, out of the grates while it's still over the fire. This way you don't, you don't have to worry about bleeds coming in from the grates back into the livers. Or Belsky would say, is, he says, is, get as quickly as possible, you should take it off. Meaning, if it's not practical on a commercial, if to get them off on the fire, you have to get the racks out. But you should get off as quickly as possible, because you're supposed to be, Assuming that at this point it can have bleeds again, but yet it's not a problem. But you should. So, in a home, you probably want to do it over the fire, get the the, the livers or falls over the fire. Um, but the the uh, in commercially, you just get them off as quickly as possible. Um, I'll mention that Taz also says speaks about says that before the livers are finished, while they're while they're in the middle, let's say I said in my case it takes four minutes for all the blood to come out. Two minutes in, you could pull it out of the fire a little bit or turn it over, like, you know, lift it up to turn it over because you don't have to worry about it at that point. While the blood is really coming out, even if it's off the fire, you don't have to worry about being bullied out. Now, once we're at the end of this process, I'm talking about taking the liver out of it, off the grates, at that point, the liver is kosher. So at that point, the fork you want to use for that is a kosher fork. Okay, the, the, the tongs, you want to get it off the grate, that's a kosher piece of equipment now. Because at this point, the liver is kosher. You wouldn't want to use your tray forks at that time. When we speaking about um, livers, um, most slaughterhouses are set up to do malicha. That's part of what they do, because they shut the animals and they have to do malicha to them, because that's just sort of what you do with that with meat, not to cash it. But cashing through broiling is most slaughterhouses are not set up for that. And so therefore, they ship out their livers, not kasher. Their livers go out raw. Either they, either they go to... Um, uh, a different facility that they have where they're able to cash the liver. You know, some other factory that's able to do that. It's built, set up with the fires, etc. Or they send it to butchers, and the butchers, you know, the butcher shop, the supermarkets, do the cashing of the liver by themselves before they sell it to consumers. So when you send out a liver, the, the typical way you send it is you have to put it into a plastic bag because the liver is going to drip blood and who knows what else all over the place. You need to put it into a bag to, to just keep things clean and sanitary. So when you put it into the bag, and now it gets from here to there, let's say from the slaughterhouse to the supermarket, 
it's going to, liquid will drip off of that liver. That's why it's in the bag in the first place. Liquid's going to drip off, collect inside the bag. And we have, seemingly, we have a potential, we have an issue of coverage. Coverage means that if something sits in a liquid for 24 hours, even though there's no heat, bleed is transfer. So in our case, if the liver sits in blood or in just in water even for 24 hours, if this was a piece of meat sitting, if this was a piece of meat sitting in water or for 24 hours before it was kashered, we would say is the meat is treif because the meat blood comes is now absorbed into the meat as if it was cooked in, as if the meat was cooked in that blood, and once the meat was cooked in that blood, it, the meat would be treif. We wouldn't be able to salt it afterwards. So over here with the liver, if the liver sits in in this liquid for 24 hours, seemingly we should say the same thing, that it's covered in the liquid. Um, if it's covered in the liquid, in blood would be even worse, but all covered in, in a liquid, that's as if it was cooked in that, and then the liver should now not be able to be cashed afterwards. That's seemingly, which seemingly, that should be the same thing. Okay, which, which of course is, that's a pretty serious complication, because the liver, as I'm explaining to you, by nature, would be put into a bag where it's going to be set up for coverage. So what what is that true? It's a really problem. So the, again, the simple understanding is that yes, there's a problem with coverage, but it turns out it's not as simple as it sounds. And that's like this. We need to step back for a second. <coughs> the Gemara says a story. <coughs> excuse me. That there were Amorim um, who ate livers that were cooked. They had not been kosher. They, they cooked the livers and they ate them. Um, and the one talks about different sheets about whether if liver is cooked with a process called shalok, shlika, uh, uh, which is a very intense kind of cooking, whether that liver is mutter or it's, or it's also. Now, what should be the reason why it should be mutter? Um, so the reason it should be mutter is because, as I mentioned, uh, we have a rule of while it's being piled down, it doesn't absorb back down. So if you do the process of shlika, if you do this, this intense cooking, down will come out, and down can't come back in during that time <coughs> while you're doing it, and therefore it won't reabsorb any time. Now, in a, in a regular, points out, in a regular piece of meat, we would say is, it may be if the dam doesn't get back, absorbed back in, but the dam would be piercing makam makam, which we've spoken about. The dam would pierce makam makam, meaning it would move from the left side of the liver to the right side of the liver, and that in itself would be, make the, the liver also. Dam, which is piercing makam makam, might not come out afterwards. But in the liver, in the liver, uh, we don't have to worry about that, but Chavistah says, um, since the whole thing is considered blood, it's, it's considered like a big bucket of blood, there's no piercing makam makam, and therefore, uh, we'd say, I don't any blood that went out of the liver won't come back in because the liver is, is giving off its dam and can't absorb any back into it. So, most Roshanim say <coughs> that the halacha follows the mokal shita that says that even if it's sholok, it's mutter. Okay, that if the liver was sholok, it's mutter. Okay, that is to say the liver itself is is mutter. The pot that he cooked it in, if there was other meat in the pot, they would be also because they were not part of the blood. So they would become they would become chain. But the liver itself, uh, the liver itself would become kosher. Now, furthermore, most of the say that the only time the Gemara answered the liver, the only possibility of answering the liver was if it was shalok with this intense kind of cooking. But if it was just plain cooking, like mavushal, then there's no question that it, then that it's, that it's mutra. Okay. So now, so the, the most so now, however, some of the Rishonim say that the thing is that shalok is usher. Not like I said, shalok. Is also. And some say that even that even though it's only shalok is also, mevushal is not also, cooked is not also, just shalok is also, but <coughs> they say that uh, it's hard to tell whether something is cooked, mevushal or shalok, those, those, those two, you know, subtle differences in this kind of cooking and that kind of cooking, and therefore we should be machmer and say that even regular mevushal, the liver should be also, 
the liver should also, also. Not only if it's sholot, but even if it's a bush also. So, again, the the idea is that if it's sholot, it's mutter. And even those who say that sholot is asr would say only sholot is asr, but mavushal is mutter. So, but there, there's, we could combine these two sheets and be machmer and say, yes, maybe sholot is really asr, and maybe mavushal is asr unto sholot. Because it, it might be sholot, so you have to asr even the mavushal also. So the machaber brings uh, two days. He says, l'chabchila, you should um, not cook it until you broil it. He says, but if you did, then it's going to be the end. So what does that mean? Is we be machmer l'chabchila for these two sheets together, this, this maybe sholot is asr, and maybe mavushal is like sholot. Uh, but yeah, but it's going to be mutter because the ikkar din is that both of those are lakula. Shalak is not usher, and we don't have to worry about. Uh, therefore, we don't have to worry about mavosh or to shalak. Okay, the Ramah says, but the minigad ashkenazim is to be machmir and to say that you're not allowed to be to cook the liver before you put it, before you uh, even b'diyevet. If you cook the liver before you captured it, the liver would be trave. And, and that is to say, yes, yeah, it would be machmir to say that shalak is usher. That's one chumrah. And the second is to say we're, we're going to be going uh, kavush, uh, I'm sorry, maybe if you're Mavashli, maybe, maybe you really you were sure looking at it, you didn't realize it, and it's going to be awesome. Okay. So, all that, all that I've been talking for the past few minutes is about a, a liver that was um, cooked before it was kashed. But the Minchasako says, he says, so our whole problem here is that if you cooked it, then maybe you were sure looking, and if you were sure looking, maybe Shalok is also. He says, that's only true if you actually cooked it. But if you did kavosh, his kavosh is only kimavoshal. Kavosh is like it's mavoshal. It's not as good as mavoshal. So by when you cook it, when you did when you mavoshal, maybe you were shalik it. Maybe that's what happened. But if you kavosh it, you for sure were not shalik it because kavosh is not even mavoshal. Mavoshal is less than shalik. So if you did kavosh, the kavosh is kimavoshal, but it's surely not kishalik. That's what he wants to say. Others argue, but that's what the monk exactly wants to say, that Kavosh is, Kavosh is only like Mavoshal, and not a Shaila, there's no Shash that it should be Shalot, and therefore it should be Mother. That's what the monk exactly wants to say. That's, and that's what he thinks is correct. He thinks that's correct. But he brings it to Temach Zerud, the earlier one, um, was Mahmir about the Shaila, and says that if you're Kavosh, the liver, um, it's Kavosh, the liver, uh, it would be also. Um, and the exactly says, you know, I don't see others being maker, other people in his time or whatever earlier place can be Mekel, so he definitely leaves off that you should be Machmer. But again, in Svar he thought it was correct that you could be Mekel. But in the, the later Achonim, the later Achonim, um, I saw it in the crazy place, he in the Chavz Daz, with Pichadosh, a number of later Achonim, you could be Mekel about this, about the case of Kavosh. Again, we're going to be Machmer, the Ramos says to be Machmer about the case of Mavushal. He said, but that's for Mavushal. For, for Kavosh, you could be Mekel. Um, Pimgaden sort of ends off and says, um, that you should be machmir, but he ends up saying, like, you know, there are others who are makos, so it's a terrible, you could be makos. Okay, so, so it turns out, so it turns out that this question of maybe that there's liquid in the bag, that that the liver will become covered in this liquid, so we're hearing that a number of the were machmir on this, but there's also a tzad l'hok of this. There's, there's a good reason to think there's a number of achronim, a number of the later achronim, uh, uh, who said that you could be makeup about that? You shouldn't be worried about kavush of the liver if it sits here for 24 hours in a liquid. You shouldn't be worried about that. Um, and though there, there are hashgachos that are basically ignoring this, ignoring this concern, and presumably that's because they're holding like the shita. What they're saying is that we don't have to worry about um, kavush of the liver, uh, even though it was kashi yet. You don't have to worry about kavush That's what they're worrying about. All the people who are who are more careful or tr- have tried different things, none of them were terribly successful. Some people. Put like an absorbent uh, 
head or something into the bag, so no liquid collects in there. Other people try drying it off really quickly. Other people say, "Why well, can't this? Those are not successful. They're not very terribly successful." So what they do is they just they try to get the liver as quickly. They never let them sit in the bag for 24 hours. That's a logistic issue. Um, some people uh, dry them off really well. They think if I dry it well, then I'm not going to be liquid collecting. Again, none of these ideas work terribly well. Some people use double bags, and they have a hole in one bag, but not in the other bag, so the liquid drains out of the bag. Okay, all different kinds of ideas. But at least now we we're hearing that this is sad. Uh, uh, reasonable tzad l'huckle as to why you shouldn't put the cover all together. Okay. The last thing I want to mention is um, that, as I keep saying, livers is this unusual product where it's come from a kosher animal and it's going to be kosher in a minute, but right now when you sell a raw liver, the liver is not kosher. Now I'll eat it as is. So um, that brings up an issue when you sell, when, if a supermarket or a butcher will sell a raw liver uh, and he's selling it with the idea being uh, you can go ahead and <coughs> Kosher at home, um, but he's selling the liver raw, the, the liver raw, and he's he's selling it, selling it to you with the assumption that you're going to kosher it. Or it used to be that when you buy a whole chicken, it came inside with a bag, and in the bag was a liver. Okay, the same idea. The idea was you're going to kosher the liver at home. You know, we're giving you the liver, and you take care of it yourself. Um, so the problem is that there are, there are lots of people who don't realize that that liver needs to be kosher. They went to a kosher butcher, they bought a piece of meat, they eat it. They don't realize that they have to kosher it, um, and they end up eating liver with blood inside of it. Um, I forgot to mention when I was doing at the last shayla, uh, in, in trying to decide which way to go on this last shayla that covers, to bear in mind there's a machlokis in, in seemingly the Rishonim um, as to whether blood that came out of a liver, even though it was pure from the liver, it might only be awesome with the Rabbana. Uh, it might be awesome with the rice, it's a shayla, like most, most meat, the blood that comes out is awesome with the rice, um, but there are many who hold that it's only awesome with the Rabbana, many which the Rishonim and Achorinim, who pass like that, that it's only Asim Durabonim. If it's only Asim Durabonim, but it's a tzad hukla about the layer child, about covers. If the whole child is a Durabonim, uh, it could be naked like those who think that uh, there's no covers either. So over here, but even Asim Durabonim is pretty bad news. We don't we don't want our people to eat, to broil liver and eat Durabonim. Some people, according to some, it's Asim Durabonim even. So, um, there's a, quite a mikshal here for people to sell them these livers. That, I mean, unfortunately, it happens often enough that people buy these raw livers and don't realize that they have to cash them. Okay, so some hashgachos uh, started putting notices on them. So at the beginning, some of the notices were pretty pathetic. The livers, the hashgachos, the notices in like liver must be broiled or must be boiled before use. Okay, which could be obviously understood as a uh, cooking instructions rather than our rabbi speaking. Okay, so they got a little better and it would say is kosher if the consumer broils first or must be kosher. Uh, and then some of them even went so far as to put actual instructions, a whole, you know, set of instructions onto, onto the labels or on the sign next to the, next to the livers uh, that people should realize what was going on. The truth is that none of these were very, were 100% successful. And there were always people who would buy the livers and not realize, they don't read instructions, they don't care about the instructions, they ignore it, they, they, they try to cash it, they don't do a good job. There are all kinds of problems. So at this point, most Vadim do not allow the sale of raw liver anymore because of these kinds of problems. Um, in recent years, this has happened that Vadim have sort of stopped allowing it, and they, they say that the butcher can only sell livers um, that were already cashed and not ones that still need to be cashed at home.